Well, I was going to say, um, uh, maybe it's a little too topical, but um, what's that? A Star is Born. Yes. Uh, for a while when it was in production, it was going to be a Clint Eastwood directed oh, right. film. Interesting. And, and uh, I haven't seen the new one. I have not I either. I loved it. It's really it. good. I yes. do not have any interest in seeing yeah, it. Yeah, it's Bradley Cooper starring and directed. But I, you have to wonder if, if Clint Eastwood directed it, how would, how would that have gone? And also at one point, Beyonce was supposed yeah. to be the musical star. Oh, No, The Star is Born? Yeah. We, during During some of the production, that was... That was being tossed around. It was going to be Beyonce and Clint Eastwood directing, and they didn't have the male lead. But wow. who knows? Clint probably would have Bro- done Bro- it Brock's himself. Reaction was so strong to that. <laughs> Stronger than so I thought it would be. I've never, I, I've never got Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that yeah. she's talented. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not. But the but way I that don't... people respond to Beyonce has never affected yeah. me. Yeah, I don't think. She, I don't know. I don't think she could carry a movie. Lady Gaga. Well, Ooh. she did carry Austin Powers' gold member. Yes, so. she did. That's true. Okay. She was good in that. With yeah. that afro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got me there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't remember that either. But <laughs> <laughs> You come to me for the Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. But he's been working a long time, right? Clint Eastwood? Yeah. Yes. He's been working in Hollywood. He, he, he pretty has. much owns a town. The man is 88 Carmel? years old. Yeah. Yeah. What was the Carmel by the sea? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you you host the the Duncan Checks Men, so you're <laughs> yes I do. You're familiar with Simeon. Dunstan Checks Men. Even. Oh yeah yeah sorry, <laughs> but but the uh, the Simeon Cinema is kind of your market, right? I I I mean, I'll admit I haven't seen Every going? Which Way But Loose or oh. the other one. Wow. Right. Oh, those are great. I love those. Wait, every which it, way you can. There you go. Is that the one where with Clint Eastwood and the monkey? Yes. yes. Clyde the orangutan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My gosh, my family loved those movies. <laughs> my family yeah, did mine too. And Ruth Gordon, too. Yes. You cannot go wrong with Ruth Gordon. Oh, I love that. But Clint Eastwood. Yeah. It's funny. But there's. I've never seen that one. And yeah. then I've, uh, and I never saw its sequel. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, there's several Clint Eastwoods I've never seen. Like uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I haven't seen that either. Neither have huh. I. That's crazy. What did you do with your childhood? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, not see Watch a lot cartoons. of old westerns. I mean, I've never seen this movie either. Wow, wow. I mean, four of us. It's it's on my list. It's on my list. It's on my list. I can't follow that. It's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Andrew Lindy, and I had not seen The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly until today. I'm Bethany Brinton, and I also had not seen Good, Bad, and The Ugly. I am Cheryl Jones. I also (laughs) had not seen The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I'm Elisa Gonzalez. I have seen The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I'm Joe Myers, and I have also seen The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I'm Brock Powell, and I hadn't seen The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Is that Clint? Is that Clint? Clint, Clint what, show, what show is this? Clint's adjacent. Clint adjacent. Clint, Clint Westwood. And this is... It's on my list. And yeah, going into it, I thought, oh, it's a Clint Eastwood movie. It, yeah. 
and it's totally it's Eli Wallach's movie. Oh yeah, it's totally. not a Clint Eastwood movie per yeah. se. He's in it, and he's a, a vital. He's like the key, kind of the key character. But Eli mm. Wallach carries this entire movie, and I absolutely adored him. I loved this movie. I'm just gonna say it's right up front. I, I loved it. So it is. It's from 1966. Yes. Before uh, even I was born. <laughs> this movie is two years older than me. <laughs> but as, as you stated, it's Eli, Eli Wallach's movie, of yes, course. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but he, he's attached to Clint Eastwood yes. for some of the film. And then yes. they, they kind of are battling against Lee Van Cleef. Yes. Oh, yeah. And and they, each of them is, they're kind of more or less independent cowboys. <laughs> Gunslingers. Yes. Gunslingers. Yeah, yeah. gun for and hire. Just, uh, Eli Wallach is the ugly. Lee Van Cleef is the bad. Clint right. Eastwood is the good. The mm-hmm. characters are, respectively, Tuco. Tuco. The ugly. Wallace. W- was Angel Eyes is, is Angel Eyes is, is Van Cleef, yeah. right? Oh, well, his, name, his actual name was Wallace. Okay. Right. We're talking about but Angel Eyes? Yes. Angel Eyes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Angel, Angel Eyes. You're okay. Angel <laughs> Eyes is, is the bad. Yes. And then... Blondie. 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 Or the man with no name. Whose name, whose hair really isn't blonde. It's pretty yeah, blonde. Yeah, but I think comparatively. I thought it was pretty brown for, <laughs> to call somebody Blondie. I don't know. It bothered me. He did have a name at one point, and I don't know. I haven't looked at my notes enough, but at one, there was like one mention of an actual name for the man without a name, but... We'll I get there, I'm sure, in my notes. Joe in one of... I mean, this is yeah, technically the third part of a loose trilogy. <laughs> they, made, right, yeah. so this, this is, is the, a prequel. This is the, the final film of the Dollars trilogy, but it takes place before A Fistful of Dollars and A Few, okay. or a few Dollars More. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and Lee Van Cleef was in another one of those as well. He was in For A Few Dollars More. Mm-hmm. But playing the same character? Different character. Oh, wow. That's, I'm almost it certain doesn't of that. Well, make had to sense. Had to have if this was because a prequel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Spoiler! Spoiler. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I remember the end of this movie, yes. Uh-huh. Total different character. Yeah. But as Cheryl was saying, Eastwood had an issue with the first draft of the script that came through after Sergio got a hold of it because he's like, this isn't my movie. I'm the star. Why is this all about oh, yeah. Tuco? Yeah. And as yeah. a kid watching this, Tuco's the one that kept my interest in this very, Absolutely. very He's long movie. Highly entertaining. Tuco's introduction scene is the best <laughs> thing. <laughs> best way to introduce a character ever. Jumping out of a window, firing guns, and holding a, a giant chicken leg or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, soul. And yeah. you have yes. these two guys on either side of town, like with those Sergio Leone close-ups, and yes. you think they're going to have like a duel, they're going to have a shootout, and right. instead they go into this, they go to a bar. this bar, and then that's when, yes, Tuco comes out. <laughs> yeah, it's like that was not what I expected. It, it did bother me, just like my OCD, that the ugly, like, like it's called the good, the bad, and the ugly. And yes. in the intro, they introduce them out of order. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, they do. And that that did, was a little. Yeah, that did bother me. I can, I, I can well, understand. In the that. Italian, it's yeah. actually the good, the ugly, and the bad. Yes, buono bruto. It's and still out of order, though. If they introduce. I think them. there was even a, a trailer at one point released that even had them the. Two of them swapped like they didn't. Oh, yeah, know. I read about yeah. that. Yes, I mean Oops. that's what happens. Yeah, you know. Who cares about the title? <laughs> it's not important. I didn't think Tuco was that ugly either, but I guess if you talk he's, about I, his actions, yeah, I think his actions are more ugly. Yeah, yes, I guess. <sighs> yeah, the title structure has been parodied. Yes, so much. Everything so in this movie much. has been parodied. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But that's, this movie, I mean, that's why you think of it as a classic. The, yes, yeah. the, the movie in itself is a parody of westerns. It, I mean, he like Sergio is is specifically using tropes that were in like yeah, more like famous the really early early westerns. Yeah, yeah. he looked at this yeah. as a satire completely yeah. and, and totally. And it's it's like a gritty like 
exploitative western. I yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. I mm-hmm. like this movie a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a pretty loose and, and easy to follow story. It takes place in the Spanish Civil War, right? Well, no, in American, the American, no, American Civil, Civil War, <laughs> but but in in sort of like Mexican territory, right? Yeah, like Arizona or Arizona. something. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's actually uh, New Mexico. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, it takes place close. during the New Mexico campaign of 1862. Yeah, I had oh. that in my notes somewhere, but. <laughs> uh, and these three characters of sort of cross paths as uh, Tuco and Blondie sort of have a partnership. Yeah, you don't know that at first. Like, right. there's this whole thing going on where where he 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 kind of hunts down Tuco, Tuco and takes him in for the bounty on him, and then they're gonna hang him. And I'm sorry, you know, I like to take notes. He is being hanged for oh, there you so go, murder, <laughs> armed robbery of citizens, state banks, and post offices, the theft of sacred objects, arson of a state prison, perjury, bigamy, deserting his wife and children, <laughs> something prostitution. I couldn't get the word. Uh, kidnapping, extortion, receiving stolen goods, selling stolen goods, passing counterfeit money, and contrary to the laws of this state, condemned as guilty of using. Marked cards and something dice, probably loaded <laughs> dice, but that's what he was being hanged for. Was that just at one of the hangings? That's one of the hangings. Oh, yeah, because yes. a, a few later ones, yes. they would start naming different things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's not, I'm like, I have to write this down. That, that's so delightful. Uh, <laughs> and it reminded me of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean when he's going to be hanged. Yes. This yeah. did kind of have Very some Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, yeah, so I of think uh, Pirates harkened mm-hmm. back to this movie a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but then Clint Eastwood shoots, shoots the, the rope, rope, and then That's and great. then you realize, oh, they're in it together, and they're they split takes, the reward. Yeah, money. they yeah. they split the bounty money. Yeah, there is a show I was on Netflix. It's called like Hollywood Weapons, and this mm-hmm. guy takes scenes like that and sees if he can recreate them. Yeah, and there is a good, the bad, and the ugly episode where he has oh, a awesome. mannequin hung up. And he's trying to shoot it. That's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, that would be. That's a that's a heck of a shot to make. He's like way out there too, or somewhere. Where was he? Was he on a building? I can't remember. Well, but. a few times. The the one that made me laugh was he was sitting on his horse, resting his rifle on his other arm yes. as it was bent forward. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. That'd be the, the most with unsteady no shot. <laughs> well, and supposedly, I think one of the last scenes or later scenes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Eli Wallach almost got really hurt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because Sergio Leone didn't think that the horse would get spooked by the explosive. Right. Yeah. Good. Well, and then and so the horse not. took off with him and with his hands still tied. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. he's having to balance on this this horse with no saddle, yeah. hands tied in front of him, hoping to not fall off and die. And get trampled. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's, it's all fun out there in the Spanish desert <laughs> where they filmed. <laughs> it's an Italian film filmed in Spain. That takes place in, in America, 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 <laughs> America territory. Everyone speaking whatever language they desire. Yes. And they just that, dub that it right in. One thing about it that bothered me oh, a yeah. lot oh, is yeah. the dubbing. Is how so bad. bad. Yeah. And it, I couldn't even tell sometimes, like, I know that Clint Eastwood was speaking English. Mm-hmm. Right. But even that sounded like he went back in and had to every, dub himself over. Every they single did. line was dubbed in post. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. he never rolled nope. any audio during filming wow. he would wow. just shoot it they would say whatever they wanted to say and then they would do adr that's afterwards. not always yep. that's not bueno that's that's <laughs> this is no because bueno. everyone spoke a different language yeah and even eli wallach i forgot what scene it was but there was one scene where he was having a conversation with someone and he kept having to go i i, I can't do this he's not even saying anything close to what like how do i do I this and then eventually made it through it but everything's dubbed 
Yep. That's amazing. But like, <laughs> Lee Van Cleef but, but, but. spoke English. Eli Wallach spoke English. And Clint Eastwood spoke English. And they were back in a booth re-speaking English yep. wow. after that movie was filmed. Yep. Man. <laughs> what, how good of a movie... Uh, ha- this this has to be in order to like get past that glaring yes. fact. Get like, past the it didn't even like yeah. I remember at the beginning I was like, oh, that's weird, and then shortly into it, it didn't even bother me at all. I'm like, yeah, yeah fine, whatever. You kind of get uh, adapted to it. Yeah, and I grew up on spaghetti western, so I was yeah. used to that as the a kid. The bad thing. So well, I had me. only I had for Leon. I had only seen um, Once Upon a Time in the West, which I love. So, but I was curious to see, oh, well, I like this one too. And yeah, I love it just as much. And we'll get to the, it's the ending. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, There's one point uh, early on that you see that it's the Civil War because you see Civil War soldiers coming through town and things like that. But there's one where, where they're in town uh, and... Uh, Oh, th- there's a soldier who's giving information to uh, the bad, and uh, he's got no legs. Like, oh, I thought yeah. that was really unusual to see, especially in a movie then, but I also liked the line where he goes, adios, half-soldier. Oh, my <laughs> God. I was like, wow, really? Rough. <laughs> so to me, this really was the anti-Gone with the Wind. They, yeah, there was no yeah. romantic yeah, retelling different. of the Probably Civil way. War. Like this was so different Civil War, film. war is hell. <laughs> Everything's horrible. And, and I think even uh, Blondie has a line about, I've never seen so many good men wasted or something yes. like that. Yeah. Yes. So I, I thought they did a fantastic job showing that side of things for this. Yeah. The beginning of this reminded me a lot of the start of Inglorious Bastards mm-hmm. when yeah. Islanda goes to get information from that oh, one yeah. family. Oh, they, they, oh right, I, right. I kept having a flag. I'm like, where do I know that? Like, it's yeah, been a while since I've seen this. Yeah. I'm watching. I'm like, when yeah, I've seen this before, is, so I recognize yeah. it, but this feels different to me somehow. And I realize, oh, yeah, it's You're the same so situation. Right. Oh, Angel wow. Eyes coming in to get mm-hmm. information. Talking to that family, yeah. The, the, the family, family running knows ends up what's killing. about to yeah. happen. He kills the, the man and then, and then the one son. of the sons. Yeah. yeah. And then once he leaves, we see the, the wife come around and then the other son comes down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty wild. <laughs> I, I also, I thought it was really interesting the way that this was released. Um, all three of the of the films in this loose trilogy were released in America in the same year. Oh, they were they I didn't were realize that. Yeah, oh, wow. the the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly came out in Italy in '66, but in America in '67. And in '67, oh. they also released A Fistful of Dollars and for a few dollars more. That would be so like great one year. America got that. all that three of these films. Yeah. That's hilarious. And they were like, it was like two years after for A Fistful of Dollars, and then like over a little over a year for. A few dollars more from its Italian release. I haven't mm. seen either of the dollars ones. I, yeah, need to, I need to see those. Mm. I think this might have been the first like true spaghetti western that I've seen. I've seen. I mean, I've seen like True Grit and the the John Wayne things. Mm. And yeah, John Wayne are... did not like Clint Eastwood's portrayal of of <laughs> the gunslinger. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you for Shocking. my money, I'll Shocking, take yeah, I'll yes. take Eastwood any day over John Wayne. Boy, the John for me, the John no. Wayne things don't hold up, but. <gasps> No. I know I'm. I would much rather watch the Jeff Bridges True Grit. That is a very day. very good film. But <laughs> uh, but John Wayne's so great. That's so a great I, movie. I'm not a, I'm not a John Wayne. Fan. Was True True Grit was it a, a spaghetti western? No no. no. It was it, it was a John like Wayne an American and, western. And yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was very American. I just wasn't sure if he like western. went over to Italy later in his career. Nah, I don't think so. They have a really it's it's quite a ways in the movie but there, i think there's a really good sequence where 
Tuco and Blondie are trying to get across a bridge, but they can't, or they're trying to get somewhere. Yes, and, they and have to get across. The, yes, and we need to we need to lay out the plot here so that oh. this makes sense. Okay. I think so because then we can explain. They're searching it. for treasure. Yes, they are. So, uh, where do we get the first hint of that? Well, that, it's where we, it's Van, oh. Van Cleef. Angel Eyes is he he goes to oh, yes. to kill a man. And the man is saying, "Please don't kill me. I'll so I'll I'll pay you right. to kill the guy who said to kill me, and I'll give you this info." Yes. And so he gets the info on what what new name that a man was using when he was hiding the money. That yeah. He well, stole. and then later, like halfway into the movie, when when Eli Wallach and Clint Eastwood get this information, mm-hmm. it's a there's they're out in the desert, like it's just a bad situation for Clint especially yeah. right. and and but there's a, a loose wagon full of of soldiers and but either uh, dead or all, right nearly oh, there's dead. one guy who's barely clinging to life and he starts to tell to them go. about yeah about buried treasure this treasure in a cemetery mm-hmm. and he's about to say the name but he needs water so Tuco goes off to get water. In the meantime, Clint has gotten to the thing. And, and the, when Tuco comes back, this soldier has died. And Clint says, he told me the name. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you got to keep me alive now. Yeah. 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 So then that's the thing is they are going, trying to get to that cemetery to find that grave, to find that, that gold, the money, gold coin. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So when they're crossing the I, bridge, I, they're for, trying to get to that cemetery. For me, the bridge is so interesting because they're, they're, they've got the northern and southern soldiers on either side yes and they're they're like well we can't cross through but if we can cause a distraction if we can destroy the bridge that is such a problem right then we can get through yeah they're just like yeah and the and the the captain of the the they were the north right the north the, yes. yeah uh, the, he's just like just this inebriated is just, yeah and he's like care. this is just dumb we've been here forever no one can get uh, to either side of this we just keep fighting at particular times a day whatever and i'm just done with this so i think he kind of realizes and he and he gets killed but what he kind of realizes they're gonna just blow up the bridge and he's like yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> just do it like, please <laughs> But I like that's that's how the this war kind of affects the storyline. Like they yes. kind of go through these weird moments of like, you know, where they're stalled. The the war has just stopped and nothing is happening. Right. It's all kind of worthless anyway. Yeah. I think it's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, it is. It's very much an anti-war movie coming out during Vietnam. Right. So, yeah. Well, and then it, it almost kind of reminds me of the structure of like Alice in Wonderland in terms of like you have your main characters and then every scene introduces like a new act like a new ring a new yeah. character another general from the union another whatever we meet Tuco's brother we like the Ooh, the cool. characters that get introduced aren't necessarily moving the story along because the the plot of the film is well we need the name <laughs> you have the name I have the location. We need to get there. Right. So that's a straight line. Mm-hmm. But then it's like kind of this weird buddy Civil War comedy <laughs> of errors trying to get there. Uh, yes. But then every scene you you get a different flavor of like, like you know, Tuco and the shopkeep. Well, yeah, oh, I was going to, I love that because there's, he's looking so for, he's going to like get a gun, right? Yeah. So he goes into the show and yes. then they get to the, where he's, he's like. And apparently Eli Wallach just totally made up all the stuff he was doing to check the gun. He had no clue how to do that. So he just made it all up, which is great. But because it looked like he was really doing something, checking oh, it out. I bought it. Totally. But the, yeah. But then he but then they have this dialogue where Tuco asks how much. And the guy goes, $50. And he just looks at him, $100. He said, $200. 
and then the and then the shopkeeper gives him money. He goes here, it's all I've got. He wasn't giving him a <laughs> price. He was telling him how much money he would give him to take the gun and leave him alive. Uh. <laughs> that, was, that was really good. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you've got then you then you've got this scene of of and this is where the war kind of comes into it again too, where you've got this scene of Clint after Tuco buys the gun because he wants to kill Clint because he's you know, he's ended their deal and wants to leave Tuco with nothing, you know? And, uh, and so Clint's in this hotel room, uh, uh, cleaning and reassembling his gun and Tuco's coming in. He's got a couple other guys. And so they come upstairs and, and there's all these soldiers marching through town and that noise is covering up the sound of these guys coming down the hallway and the soldiers stop their march just in time for Clint to hear like one footstep <laughs> and get his gun together in time. So these guys open the door and he kills both of them right as they come in. And then, but Tuco has come in the window behind him. Yes. <laughs> Tuco's not a stupid guy, uh-huh. uh, not on the whole. And uh, so then he's in this bind, right? And then a cannonball gets fired. Oh my God! Just as yeah. somewhere, just to save Clint <laughs> from, from, from being hanged. Yes, and the whole yeah. and the, it fires through the wall and takes out the whole floor of the floor. The drops place. out. I thought that was very comedic. This, uh. well, this, this film, this film has a couple really like fortuitous cannon play yes. moments. <laughs> I loved it though. I loved how just ridiculous and and like. Like an old silent comedy, though. Oh, <laughs> very well. I mean, I even even the part where Tuco's in the bath and oh, the guy's yes. oh, so funny. Oh my god, I loved that tu- so much. <laughs> Tuco's just like, yeah, I guess you got me. And then he has the gun in the bath, in the bath. pulls it in out the water, of the water in the bath. Yes, and shoots this guy. Oh That's my god, crazy. I loved He's it. Like, hey, if you have to shoot me, then shoot me. Don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does say. <laughs> Exactly. That's one of my favorite lines. Yes, yes. And I was always fascinated when I first saw this. I'm like, why does he have his gun on a string? Because you know, I'm used to like the whole cowboy yeah. thing in the holster. It really only was because Eli Wallach couldn't put a gun in a holster without looking down at his holster. <laughs> yes. oh my so they God. had to come up with a different way for him in the film to have it. No. So they didn't have to cut around him looking at his holster every single time. Oh, oh that's God. so funny. God, that's... That's awesome, <laughs> isn't it? There's so that. much in this movie that's like that, and I I love it. Well, and then didn't so Sergio Leone yes. did not speak English nope. and had to direct Clint Eastwood and them like through a proxy through yep. translation. Yep. Well, they God. must have had a good working relationship. Yeah, yeah. Much quite well. a few. Some good films. <laughs> yeah. Although it was a strained relationship by the end of this one, because I don't think they parted on very good terms no after well they didn't start on very good terms it was held up because it, clint wanted more money i think to, yeah. to do this one mm. yeah it's interesting brock that you say like that that we just meet these characters and then they don't really because i because i looking through my notes i was thinking of when he goes when they go clint is injured and uh and Tuco brings him. Oh, it's after they've gone through the desert mm-hmm. and they get this information. And Clint, he's been trying to like, he's been dragging Clint through the desert, basically trying to punish him. And he's blistered and just disgusting looking and dehydrated. And so now that he has to take care of him to get this info, he takes him to this monastery, which turns out to be where his brother is a priest. And and yeah, you meet his brother and they have this whole scene where his brother tells him, oh, your mother died long ago, our father died a few days ago, and they kind of reject each other, they hit each other, and Clint listens in on all this, but then yeah, that 
that does yeah. absolutely nothing to the nowhere. story. It was really interesting to watch. It was a good scene, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it, I didn't really think about that until you said that. that it, just, yeah. it did absolutely nothing for to drive the plot. No, it, it just gave us like backstory like on like two yes. story. Yeah. But, but not, that, not that everything in the movie needs to constantly right. be introducing new plot twists or elements. I think right. in some ways we... It's just interesting. We as modern viewers are just kind of like used to having movies that are like, everything means something and yeah. it's all, you know, gone through the... This has to happen, and you yes. know the Blake Snyder beats and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And but this movie just is like, no, let's put these characters on a very simple journey and like constantly throw problems their way. Yeah, right. Uh, my brother will help me. No, he won't. <laughs> right. And then they go out dressed uh, in the northern uniforms, and they see, and then soldiers are coming up. And they're like, okay, yeah, it's cool. And then, oh, hey, they turn out to be the south. Oh, they were, they were in that. southern yes. uniforms. Because that's right. Because they, they were saw that gray. covered in dust. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. they were. They, they saw it they looked like the gray uniforms, and then they come up and start dusting off the uniform. And they're like, uh oh. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> that Confederacy. Was awesome. yeah. Yeah. With General, what, what's her general's name? Yeah. <laughs> General Lee. <laughs> but then they get taken to a camp, right, as prisoners. Yes. Well, where I mean, Wallach I, answers to a name that Lee Van Cleef recognizes. Yeah, he's answering to the name of the, Bill of the dead guy. The yes. man who, who has hidden the treasure. Yes. So this is who Angel Lass has been looking for. Mm-hmm. And now no, here, Tuco has got. stepped right into it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good old Tuco. Eagerly. The torture <laughs> scene is really funny to me. Oh, the torture scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think it's funny. All I could think of, and maybe it's because I'm like, you know, I'm just I just turned thirty, and so I'm thinking about these things now. Like, what indigestion he I would have had? <laughs> like, I just ate a whole salad, man, and now you're gonna like beat the crap out of me <laughs> with the band playing outside. Play louder, <laughs> so they don't want to hear them being tortured. No. Oh. Uh, like they called the- that camp Battleville, and it was okay. actually based off of a real Confederate prison camp called Andersonville. And Sergio had like archive photos and things, wow. so they pulled right from that and accounts from people who were there. And like thousands of soldiers died there, so he, I guess, tried to make it as realistic as he could. Crazy. And then they bring, so they tortured Tuco, and then you think maybe they killed him. You don't know, but then they bring Clint into the, into the <laughs> office there, and and basically give him clothes and tell him that he has to take them to the cemetery to find this money. And he's like, you aren't going to kill me. And, and Angel Eyes says, not that you're any tougher than Tuco, but you're smart enough to know talking won't save you. <laughs> but then he does say Tuco's not dead. So yes. right. Right. I was quite relieved. <laughs> I also enjoy it. the whole time Tuco's getting beaten by the big guy. He's just taking shots like, oh, you know what they say about big guys? I'll, yeah. They fall harder. <laughs> I'll take you out. <laughs> it's on my list. We'll be right back. Hey folks, this is Joe Myers. When I'm not waxing poetic about classic and cult films that I should have watched ages ago, you can hear me talk all things horror on the podcast Macabre with my fellow co-hosts, Chris Duck and Jenny Duquette. Join us each week for horror-related news, movie and show reviews, film franchise focuses, director and actor spotlights, and much more. Podcast Macabre is available via our website, our Libsyn hosting site, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify with new episodes available every Monday. You can find us at podcastmacabre.com and follow our social media accounts on Facebook and under at podcastmacabre on Twitter and Instagram. So, right, friends, please subscribe to, rate, and review the show. And remember, don't be afraid of the dark. Be afraid of what's in it. 
you have this whole scene jumping back. You have this whole scene on the train, and uh, and Tuco, Tuco basically he's he's handcuffed to a, mm -hmm. a guy, mm -hmm. and ends up jumping off the train. He comes with this clever plot to do that. But I just I don't know. This whole thing was kind of weird to me because uh, he couldn't get the handcuffs off. So then he just lays on the track until the next train comes along. So he has this soldier just laying on the track, so the train will, the, the wheels will cut the chain, and like the poor guy, I mean he's dead already, but he just gets dragged. Like I don't know, that whole scene was really weird to me. Like, are you just gonna, like, stay there forever until a train comes? I, I don't know. I guess you didn't have coming. any choice, but yeah. There's IMDb. IMDb trivia on that that said that if he had raised his head, he would have been decapitated. Yes, because it, it was, it was yes. actually That's him. Like, yeah. And a real train and every, yeah. And, and the real crazy. actor. That's it's just crazy. Yeah, the yeah, things was, people did to make movies yeah, before there were safety of, regulations. Right. This is not that safe, long ago. And, and yeah. when yeah. when they blew up the bridge, they actually had to do it twice because they, they did it too early mm -hmm. once because, again, because of miscommunication, they had, they had Spanish workers, Italians, and English, and so someone... Someone said "vaya," which which means like like go. go, and so I guess he was saying that to the cameraman to like hurry up. But someone mis misheard it as "blow it up now." Oh, and so they blew God. it up before they were ready. Yeah, and then Sergio's like, "Let's take lunch." <laughs> <laughs> so then they do it again. But then in in the film, you can see when they cut back to where to where Blondie and Tuco are like waiting on the hill. Clint Eastwood is almost hit by like three or four pieces yes. of debris. Yes, just come raining comes down. Really close. He's ducking his oh head to try God. to get out of the way. But I'm like, I would not feel comfortable on that set. No, because yeah, the yeah. second time you have to blow a bridge up, you know that they're just throwing together. Yeah. Like, we got to do this. Oh. This isn't safe. Oh, <laughs> so they get to the cemetery. We're there. We're just we're just cutting right to that, are we? Yeah, I just uh, it is a piece. Two hours. It's a, I'm, just, really I'm sorry. I'm still going through part. my notes for any fun quotes and oh, things. So goodness. that's all. But but, but I but I think that 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 honestly the the showdown is 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 yes. really the crux of this film because then you get the uh, the uh, Anisio Morricone. How do you say Anisio Morricone score? <laughs> well, and I also think there's there's something so brilliant right. about the way that Blondie plays this whole scene. Oh yes, yeah. he, absolutely. He tells them. He he tells Tuco a name to look for, and then they go, and it's not there. He tells him Arch Stanton. It's mm -hmm. like a name, you know, yeah. sounds like made up. He goes, and it's like, well, it's not there. And he's like, I'm going to write the name on this rock because now <laughs> Angel Eyes has appeared. Yes. So he's like, I'm going to write the name on this rock. I'm going to set it here, and whoever gets it gets it. And so he sets the rock down, and then they they have well, stand the, there for five minutes. Yeah. The classic the name, stand -off. The name was yeah. there, but didn't, didn't Tuco, he goes running and there's this great shot oh where he's, oh, yes. cause it's a oh circular God. cemetery. I that has, kind of, enjoy that. Yeah. At all. There's like a center courtyard kind of idea that's circular. And then, and then circles expanding out of, Grave markers from no, there. That scene of him and jumping so, over the tombstones is so cool with that yes, score so swelling. And yes, and it's and cool the, and for the 40 seconds and then it continues. <laughs> but the camera kind of starts to spin. No, you it, get a little dizzy as he's me. running frantically uh, trying. But then he does find the grave with the name on it yeah. and digs. But there's just a skeleton in yeah. there. There's mm -hmm. nothing. And, and he's well, like, Blondie comes over and says, you're not going to find it there. Right. I told, I lied. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so this is where he says, I'm going to write the name on this rock. I'm going to yes. set it down right in front of him, mm -hmm. right here in the middle between you two. And you guys can figure it out. <laughs> but then they have their standoff. Yes. And, and even this is like the, it's so 
intense and it's so like beautifully shot. It's fantastic. We we see, you know, the the littlest movement of their hand uh, at their side is like we're so ready to see something happen. We're so ready for who's going to take take home the gold, who's going to kill who. Yes. Like what's what is going to happen? And like you you got to think each character is calculating, okay, what are my odds? Angel Eyes is like, well, I got two guys against me. Uh, probably, you know, maybe Blondie's the better shot. And Tuco's thinking, you know, well, I I have, you know, me and Blondie, we're buddies. I can just take out Angel Eyes and figure it out with him. Right. And then there's Blondie. He's got the whole thing figured out. He doesn't even need to think. <laughs> yeah, he He's just, just knows. standing there. He just knows. Mm-hmm. And so when, when they fire, uh, they both shoot at Angel Eyes. Tuco has no bullets. Has no bullets. <laughs> I, right, right. And 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 it's just like he goes. He goes. You knew I didn't have any bullets. He's like, yeah, I emptied your gun a long time ago. <laughs> like, I would never give you a loaded gun. Right. And then but they pick you, up the rock. But but building up to that, yeah. that you have those classic or what have become classic Sergio Leone shots those super close-ups mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. like the close-up of the fingers twitching at the gun the yeah. super just... super close-up of the eyes mm-hmm. they're as squinting of, they're looking yes, left and as, right you mm-hmm. have this triangular thing going on the camera it, it kind of completes the circle mm-hmm. but you these guys are in this triangular pattern and yeah it's it, and that's where it's really reminded me of once upon a time in the west where mm-hmm. you have this sort of standoff kind of thing going and you have that amazing Ennio Morricone music that just, yeah, I cannot get enough of this where you have these shots like that and that music and it just builds and swells and it's this oh, awesome, yeah. amazing music. The score is fantastic. Yeah. I just like, that's where I'm like, yes, I love this. Yeah, it was all worth it. It was <laughs> all worth it to get Every here. Every second of this was worth it for this ending. Yeah. Yes. But then he picks up the rock. And there's no name there. Right. Yes. Because it's in an unmarked grave. Because like, there's no name. That's, that <laughs> right. kills yes. me. I'm just like, this is so smart and cool. Like, what, like I, I was like, I'm so glad I went through, you know, three hours of them bumbling around yeah. and having shootouts to get to this. Because that's, that's so smart. I don't know. I, I, I really like when, it. when uh, uh, Blondie says to, to go see... In this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You yep. dig. <laughs> you <laughs> dig. Uh, uh, yeah, but then, but then he says that Bill Carson told him it's in the grave marked unknown right beside Arch, Arch Stanton. Because when he, when he dug up Arch Stanton's grave and there was nothing in it, I was like, how did he come up with this Arch Stanton name? Yeah, like, I yeah, thought this yeah. was a huge plot hole. <laughs> uh. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's a random name to come up with. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then finally you go through all of that standoff and then you get, aha, okay, now that made sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which oh, yeah. I loved that little bit of payoff. That was a great payoff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, the, the moment for me that I, I really loved about this movie was, like, throughout the film, everyone's betraying everybody and it's constantly mm-hmm. like are these people even redeemable even the guy who's good yeah and the guys who are bad and ugly they constantly show the true colors and it's all about money and it's, it's all, all about terrible. this and and the film ends where it starts with uh Tuco with the noose around his neck mm-hmm. yes you know on yes. horseback well, well yeah. on the tombstone this time mm-hmm. yes because uh they find the money they dig it up and uh, 
Tuco kind of starts to celebrate until he sees a noose. Right. Yes. And then Clint makes him put it on while standing on a cross grave marker and ties his hands. But still leaves him half of his money. Yes. Yeah. And he says, well, now seems just like old times, four for you and four for me. Then Clint gets on his horse with all his four bags of gold and, uh, and leaves. And then you have this where Tuco's going, Blondie. And he's like, sorry, Tuco. And he's like, Blondie, Blondie. <laughs> and, and Clint he takes off on his horse, but then he comes back from oh, yes. to across the cemetery and shoots him down. And that's when you get the final line. Hey, Blondie, you know what you are? <laughs> Just a dirty son of a... We're going to have to edit that. But, <laughs> and, and that last word is covered by music so you don't actually hear yes <laughs> which is fantastic it's just yeah it's right back where you started yeah. and it, it's and then he, i just think it's brilliant and then he saves his life then yes blondie does but he's still got to get out of there with no horse and four super heavy bags which i After was like what oh, he did to him in the desert yeah, yeah no yeah. Well, but then i thought look he could just take those some of those wooden grave markers and load them on there make a little sled <laughs> and some stuff he could right. just pull Cheryl's it out got this all planned. it's totally it's Cheryl's totally like excuse me i've got, yes, I got some you. blueprints for you i got you i got you tuco it's good uh, i had a little crush yeah. on tuco as weird as that is i mean eli wallach <laughs> is a fantastic actor phenomenal i yeah. i yeah i could not have loved that role more, like what he did with oh, that yeah. and, and what it was. It just, what a delight to watch. <laughs> it's, I don't remember who told me this story, but somebody was telling me um, a story early on where Burt Reynolds and Clint Eastwood got fired from, I think, Gunsmoke or some wow. Western show. <laughs> Rawhide. Rawhide. Oh, yeah, yeah, Rawhide. They both got fired. And if you, if you could jump in if you know this. It, I think I might know where you're going, but go ahead. Yeah. I, a lot of, I just remember they were on Rawhide. The, they were both on Rawhide, but they both got like let go. And and yeah. one of the directors said, uh, God, on the same day, Clint Eastwood got fired because uh, you don't look good on camera and you don't have, you don't have a chin. Oh, my God. And <laughs> Burt Reynolds, the director, said, and you can't act. <laughs> so they were in the parking lot after both getting fired, and Burt Reynolds said... <laughs> I can take acting classes. I don't know what you're going to do. Oh, <laughs> yes. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. I, who knows if that's a true story. I hope but it is. It, I really it, hope it, it is. It feels in the spirit of those dudes. Oh, so it does. makes me happy. So, so that cemetery is still, like it was built for the movie, but it, it was called the Sad Hill Cemetery in Carrazo, Spain. Is it still around? And it is. Well, the, yeah. So Partially. the mounds were still visible, but not the center stones from it but then apparently it was uncovered maybe in 2015 and they've sort of restored it i think there might be like a documentary thing about it or something now cool. i just there is. recently saw yeah and so i and i very much want to go to spain and see this now i just <laughs> it's on my like, location bucket list and like recreate the Ever scene of the light bucket list stand in line now it's just a big tourist attraction like yeah <laughs> stonehenge <laughs> there's footprints where you can stand and apparently the they used 1500 spanish soldiers as extras in this film which that's kind of floored me people wow. that's a lot but you had all these Civil War soldiers right. so right yeah the bridge scenes and everything there's a ton of people so I love the I mean obviously like the the music you have your the whistling and the this essentially just the song that they play over and over again which yeah. never gets old every time it comes no by. absolutely it's great <laughs> but a lot of um in the in the quieter Civil War scenes there's like this round of like trumpet reveille calls over this like really really pretty it's like very sad music because it's, yeah. it's like 
showing you how horrible war is. It's like when they come on the the decrepit camp and they're like just throwing corn into this big old cauldron, <laughs> and they're just hating their lives. But the the music that plays there is really really cool. Yes, very much like mourning the fact that everyone's in war. <laughs> well, and there were anybody who listens to my podcast knows how much I love the hateful eight, mm-hmm. and which was Morricone as well. And there were moments in this movie where I'm like, okay, he took, he lifted that straight in the oh, yeah. April 8 later. Like, I think Tarantino to said, to the note, it's great. Yeah, though. he's, I think Tarantino says that this is the best directed film of all time yeah, to I him. I don't yeah. know if, you know, I don't know if I would disagree with yeah, him. Yeah, I, I can appreciate why he says job. that. And the soundtrack's actually how I saw this film. My dad had it on vinyl and would just play it. Nice. And Ooh, I, I like always loved it. And finally one day, I'm like, what is this from? He's Come with me. <laughs> Come know, with we, me. We finally got I, to see it. Because back in those days, if it wasn't on television, you really didn't get to see it. Right. Mm-hmm. But at some point, it came on and we watched it. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is how bad people looked at spaghetti westerns this film had zero oscar nominations yeah not wow. for the score cinematography which was not fantastic. even for foreign film nothing, that's insane nothing at all wow and even ebert years later he included this like on his 100 best films he's like you know i went back and i described a four-star film i only gave it three stars and i think it's because it was a spaghetti western quote-unquote spaghetti western right. and it wasn't art yeah. And then years later, he kind of come around on like, oh, no, even that can be art. So, yeah, wow. yeah I couldn't believe yeah. it when I was looking everything up. I'm like, surely that score won something or at least yeah. nominated. Cinematography? Marconi didn't win an Oscar no. until nothing. Hateful Eight. No Hateful Eight was kind of the, the Academy's the, I'm sorry. The, life, the <laughs> Lifetime Oscar, right? Yes. 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 He deserved it for it, too. That's great. For score. dubbing? <laughs> nothing? Special effects? Special effects? Almost dying? No. The You Almost Died Oscar. <laughs> you made Beheading? it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, what? So I hadn't seen it. And obviously I've already said I adored it and I will watch it again. And I absolutely love this movie. Um, I had seen it. It's been a long time, but um, uh, I enjoyed it. I don't know. It's, it's, it's not my favorite movie, but I would mm-hmm. recommend it. I, I think somebody, if you haven't seen it, you must. You must. Put in the time. I'll agree with that. It's probably not for everyone. I could make an argument that it's my favorite Western of all time. There are others that are more action-packed, that are a little bit shorter and to the point, Mm -hmm. but you have to see this film at some point in your life, preferably on a giant screen, which I've yet to do, but hopefully we'll do so soon. Yes. I've only seen a fistful of Westerns. And (laughs) uh, I had terrible. But I, I love... I love this movie, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And Tuco is the best Monday. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I love oh him my so god! Much. That it, 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 Eli Eli Wallach as Tuco what, had some, you know, how to go lightly vibes a little bit with the kind of uh, right in a uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh Rooney yes, was playing yes. The, the the Japanese man. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, play, yeah. it's probably playing outside your race. Yes, yes, yes that is a yeah. problem. But it, yes, it, but given, given the not, era, you yeah. know, yeah. But the performance, the performance was fantastic. Yes, mm-hmm. got it. So I would recommend just you know enjoying it and watching it. Yeah. I I mean I having never seen it, I couldn't. You know, it's it's one of those ones that people can't believe that I haven't seen. Right. And uh, yeah, that ending holds up. There's something yes. just so amazing about it. 
and you know the journey to get there is long but it's <laughs> worth it it's it's a it's a worthy film yeah i i had never seen it um i i wouldn't call it a favorite i would say the the score is fantastic absolutely it carries the film i enjoyed certain scenes more rather than the film as a whole again as brock mentioned it's kind of just like meet this guy all right move along meet this guy move along and so some of those i thought were kind of filler (laughs) as they got from point a to point b um but yeah i mean maybe minus the length but yes as as everyone else has said the ending is phenomenal put in the time if you haven't (laughs) it's it's good and it's a it's a great it's a great way to just like drop someone into the western world spaghetti western world and be like here are all the tropes go Uh, I'm Andrew Lindy. Uh, you can hear me on several other podcasts, including Nothing New, a remake podcast. Every month, my co-host and I talk about remakes. We pick one remake that's generally new in theaters, and we compare it to the original, or if they're based on the same thing, or, you know, Hollywood runs out of ideas. It, it, there's going to be a lot of remakes. We're going to talk about a lot of them. Uh, it's Nothing New, benvnetwork.com slash nothing new. Uh, my other podcast that I do right now is Dunstan Checks Men. Uh, every week, my co-host and I talk about one minute of the 1996 ape film Dunstan Checks In, and we pair it with another feature film like Wine with Dinner, so you can enjoy both better. Uh, so check that out. Uh, Dunstan Checks Men, BenVNetwork.com slash Dunstan. That's Dunstan with an O. Uh, just sit here oh. and laugh like we're moving our mics away for every time you talk about Dunstan Checks Men. It's just, it's so perfect. It tickles me. I love it too. <laughs> you know. It's great. Uh, and you can check out all the other great podcasts on the Benview Network and you can find me um, uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Podcaster Andrew. When you're done listening to Dunstan Checks Men, how many episodes? How many episodes in? Oh. At this point? A few. A few? I a a time is an illusion. Time is <laughs> lunchtime doubly so. Truly an illusion. Anyway, I'm Bethany Brinton. I'm a film composer and musician. You can find me on Twitter at Bethany Brinton. Uh, I am Cheryl Jones. I host Movies Made Me podcast. You can find it at mmmpodcast.com, on Facebook and Twitter at Movies Made Me Pod, on Instagram at Movies Made Me, and listen on your favorite podcast app. I'm Elisa Gonzalez. Um, you're listening to the podcast I'm on. And I can be found on Twitter at this Lisa. Like Elisa said, this is her podcast, and <laughs> you can find us online. It's onmylistpod.com or on social media at it's on my list pod. And you can email us, it's on my list pod at gmail.com and let us know what movies you haven't seen that you might like us to talk about. I'm Joe Myers. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ThatJoeMyers. You can also hear me on a horror show called The Podcast Macabre, which can be found at PodcastMacabre.com, at PodcastMacabre on Twitter and Instagram, or The Podcast Macabre on Facebook. And I'm also considering the BJ and the Bear Minute. <laughs> <laughs> I am Brock Powell. You can find me on all the socials at BrockVox. You can also catch me on my podcast, which is uh, the best Western at the best Western, where I watch oh, yes. a different Western <laughs> at the best Western off of the 22 off ramp in Garden Grove with a drifter. Uh, I want has to be no a, name. Please have me on as a guest. Live from room 217. Drift in. No. Eating spaghetti. All right. I love that. <laughs> and this has been. It's, it's on, on my, my list. list.
also, I remember to have another podcast called The Land Before Time, Before Daylight Savings Time, time Podcast, Stupid. where we watch a different film from the Land Before Time series, Before Daylight Savings, <laughs> and after, and compare our opinions. And how the sunlight affects. In real time? In real time. <laughs> the Quiet Podcast. <laughs> we just have some quiet time. Just quiet time. minute. Oh my God, I would love a quiet minute. Idea, yeah. <laughs> the Quiet Minute. <laughs> I want an animated version with little hamsters. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of random, but I would totally Chico watch that. It looks like a little hamster to me. Just, I can <laughs> see that. Like a guinea pig. Either yeah. one, I'll take just a little I rodent. Do, <laughs> the good, the bad, and the gerbil. <laughs> <laughs>